That's Are you in the flow? flow. We'll go. I'm in the flow. I'm flowing. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready. Welcome, everyone. I'm ready. Welcome, everyone, to episode three of the Prince Huda podcast. I am your host, Prince Huda. You might recognize me from Bleacher Report betting this week. We'll get into that later. But I'm joined by the man who is covering the world juniors and the hockey world right now in a way that has never been done before. The man of the hour, Coach Chippy, my co-host. What's going on, Coach Chippy? We are we are flowing today. Prince, you're on vacation. What's going on over there in Honduras? I'm loving it. I mean, if you if you listen to the podcast last week, I did say that I was going on vacation. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify, you may not see it, but maybe you hear it in my voice. I'm a little bit more relaxed, a little more in a natural element. I am currently in beautiful uh, Roatan, Honduras. Uh, it's super sunny. It's hot. It's a little windy. I want to do this outside, but the microphone wouldn't work with the wind. But I'm chilling. I mean, you can probably see it in my face. I'm glowing, a little bit of a tan, and it's just it's great to be in the sun in this time of year. Canadians, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm so jealous. I needed that sun so bad. I'm like looking at flights to Florida for January, February, maybe. I don't know. I feel like I need some of that vitamin D. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you got to have like that vitamin ghost. D. I do look like a ghost right now. Like I haven't seen sun in so long. Like it's obviously I got the ring light on here, so it's making me look a little, little more pale. But I think I need some sun for sure. And Honduras sounds like a really interesting place. I don't know much about it. How how long was the flight from Toronto? Uh, four four and a half. So okay, it's it's. It's it's south of Mexico, but north of South America. So it's in that central Central America spot uh, above the equator. So very hot. Um, no snow, you know, no cold. Like today's probably the coldest day it's been, and it's like 23 degrees. So cry me a river, Prince. It's 23 degrees <laughs> out here, and I'm, and I'm sitting inside on a pod because I love the people. This is for the love of the game. Let's go. Yeah, Prince is on vacation still getting that podcast set up out he's texting me he's on it we are dedicated to bring this podcast to you guys it's gonna be a lot of sports talk it's gonna be a lot of life talk philosophy too we're gonna talk about it all we're just talking about what we're doing and i want to know is honduras like a vac like is it like a vacation spot is it like a sightseeing spot like is it like kickback all you can eat buffet spot what is it like over there a great great question so you know with a little bit of knowledge i've learned in the last few days so i'm on the island of roatan which is part of honduras more of a touristy spot than the mainland so a lot of resorts you know a lot of a lot of great beaches some clear water it is not an all-inclusive so i have been controlling the uh consumption of food and uh and beverages thus far so in a good state there you know i didn't want to come in any you know banged up or anything like that we feel good uh, it's beautiful here. I mean, there's a lot of uh, good snorkeling today. I saw a lot of great fish, uh, some lizards, a lot of wild dogs, like a lot of animals, a lot of wildlife, which is cool. And people are very friendly here. A lot of English speakers, which I didn't anticipate, which is very helpful because I know nothing about Spanish beyond uh, Dora the Explorer. So it's helpful that everyone speaks English here too. Have you met any new friends? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we're traveling with a group, uh, 
There's a bit of a group of people here that uh, we're on vacation with, vacation friends, if you will. You know, there's a there's a movie that just came out with John Cena about vacation friends. It's kind of similar where you just meet them, you're on vacation, you're like, yeah, we're gonna be in touch, like we're gonna hang out, blah blah blah, and then the vacation ends and you never see him, kind of thing. I hope that's not the case here, but you never know. But it's been fun, Canadians, which is cool, and no friends of that nature, if that's what you're, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> no, that is true though with the vacation friends. Yeah, you're like gonna talk to them and then you mean to but then you just end up eight months go by and now you're like is it weird if i hit them up now because like does this person even know i exist and i know exactly what you're saying with that scenario like yeah you meet them in on vacation boom 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 but then even a month goes by and you don't hit them up but now like it's almost like you got to hit them up right when you get back and then you got to continually hold that connection every week almost until like if you're going to go there and like next year like I yeah feel like you gotta stay you feel like you gotta stay in touch for that six months like you gotta kind of you can't just be like oh i mean you could be like oh i'm back depending on how strong that connection was but i see what you're saying it does get a little weird when you know eight months goes by and you're like does this do i hit this person up and then you're just like nah i'm not gonna hit them up <laughs> so are you there with like your fam yeah, so mom there with my mom, my dad, my sister, and then my dad, one of his closest friends, uh, has a um, timeshare out here that we are renting for the week. So hanging out with them and the friends that they've met here. And so it's kind of just like a big group. You know, they kind of got their own thing going. So, you know, you do things together, you do things separately. But uh, for the podcast here, I have to take this one alone. Yeah, sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I just got to We got to go back to the room. We got to We got to cook up some fire real quick. Um, that's awesome. That is very awesome. I'm glad you were enjoying your trip out there. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, you said this is a sports podcast, uh, did not do my homework this week. There's not much on, uh, ESPN out here is just showing, uh, soccer. So I caught a little bit of the Leafs game last night. They played Ottawa. They lost. And then, uh, I've been keeping up with the world juniors through your social channels, uh, and some TSN hockey highlights. But I do want to ask you, uh, as a Canadian watching the world juniors you know you're watching every game you're making skits about every game what's going on right now should i be putting my entire bank account on canada to win is it us's year you know is it germany's year what's going on with the world juniors chip yeah world juniors is the best time of the year we know this i love watching it started boxing day i've been invested sometimes i have to like watch a couple games to get to know the players like i haven't overly done my research i watch and i report that's how coach jippy does his um reporting it's in the moment i see what i like i see the players that stand out to me then i'm like okay i like geeky's game i like celebrini i like easton cowan you know what i mean beck shout out to owen beck too there were some guys on the back end 24 see i don't know the names yet but they're by the end of the term, I'm going to know their names. And that's what's really cool about the World Juniors is that all these kids are so young, they're literally making names for themselves at the World Juniors. Like you look at Jordan Eberle back in the day, uh, John Tavares. Like these guys are legends in Canada. And in Canada, hockey's so big that the whole country like tunes in, um, especially on Boxing Day there. Like you're with the family, um, you're watching some hockey, and it's literally the best time of year. But... This year, Canada is the underdog to the United States. Yep. United States wow. has about 
10 players, I think, from Boston University, or like eight players. So they've all been playing with each other. They're an absolute wagon. Um, we did play them in exhibition. They beat us in overtime, but we had a crossbar we hit in overtime. So anyone could have won that game. But they do have U.S. as the favorites this year. Canada has won back-to-back golds. So watch out states because we like being the underdogs. It is on the bigger ice surface as well. So they're saying the Europeans might have a little bit more of an advantage, like the Sweden. They play on the bigger ice more often. So it's going to be interesting. We play Sweden tomorrow. That's going to be a good test. And I like in the round robins how we have a couple tougher teams. Like the United States is playing in a easier kind of division. So we have Finland, Sweden, Canada in the same division. So we get to kind of get that that pace up. Like U.S. is just blowing teams out 11 nothing, 11 3. You know what I mean? We're going to be able Canada? to have. Hmm? Well, I was just going to say, didn't Canada just blow out a team 11 nothing or something like that the other day? Yeah, we had Latvia. But okay. the game before that, we had Finland, which is a good squad. And then Sweden's going to be a test tomorrow. So I like that. I think that bodes well for Canada. I think getting some of those tougher tests early, it's going to prepare you for those medal rounds. And you know me. I got Team Canada all the way here, baby. I got Team Canada all the way. I think we have a wagon of a team. We always do. And Celebrini's looking like the next Bedard. He's looking like Betsy 2.0. Game okay. 2 puts up 5 points. One goal, four assists. The game before that, I think he had two points. I think we have the next bad Z on our hands. And really, I'm loving every. I'm loving every. All oh, this kid's nasty. I didn't know who he was before the tournament got announced, and then I watched the last like three games he's played, and he is disgusting. He's like 17 years old. He's got the cage on. He didn't go bubble. He said, "I'm my own guy. I'm going with the cage." And he like goes it. out there, puts five points up, two points the first game, literally putting up Betsy numbers. This kid's disgusting. He might play with Bedard next year because they're going to have the number one overall pick potentially because they're the worst team in the league. So Celebrini-Bedard pairing might bring the Chicago Blackhawks to the playoffs next year if that kid's on. Maybe not. Okay, that's they're in a big rebuild, but Celebrini and Bedard would be so dirty. Like... Do you you don't know who Celebrini is? Do you? You haven't watched him play. So I, I saw I saw the highlights of the Latvia game. He had five points, and then I was in one of those YouTube rabbit holes. You know, looking at his elite prospects page. How much does he weigh? How tall is he? Where is he from? All that stuff. So I am excited. He's from Vancouver, which is cool. So back to back Canadian first overall picks from the West Coast. You know, usually Ontario dominates hockey in Canada, so it's nice to see some West Coast action. But I do think it's cool. Like this kind of tournament format put so many eyes on these young players and it really elevates their draft stock in a way that you don't really see in other sports. Like I guess in the NFL, you have the college bowl games where a lot of the top tier teams have top tier players that go in the first round. But for hockey, it's cool because it's international. So you can see guys, you know, that play in other countries that you may not think anything of, you know, in the Jays. And then when you go to the draft, you go, I remember watching that guy. So very cool to see, you know, you saying this guy's the next Bedard. I mean, that's, that's the highest praise you could give someone, right? This oh. guy lit up the Jays last year. So if this guy, um, what was his name you said? I don't want to butcher it here. Macklin Celebrini. Macklin Celebrini. It's if this is the next too. guy. Celebrini. Yeah, that's a celebration Celebrini. Like he's going to make some serious money in the show with a name <laughs> like that. So I'm excited. I'll probably go out of my way to watch the game tomorrow 
and the rest of the tournament when I do get back. He's yeah, dirty, time. dude. This kid's mm-hmm. dirty. Like, I've been watching him play, and every shift, he's doing the Bedard stuff, man. He's getting spr- sprung up the middle. He has this little pivot where he just, like, took the pass, didn't even hesitate, goes in, breakaway, puts it to the backhand, shelf. Kid's disgusting. He's going to be a big-time player in the show, and I think he's going to lead us to a G-O-L-D, Mace. Prince. Well, you said... <laughs> Well, you said uh, underdog. I'm definitely going to get on that betting action. Plus money on Canada in hockey. Like, you know, I mean, any other sport, I wouldn't even think of touching Canada internationally. You guys know our reputation. Soccer doesn't work out for us. We got bounced at the World Cup. Basketball. Women's soccer. We're nasty. Didn't we win gold? Women's soccer. Yeah. Yeah, we were doing Women's soccer were pretty nasty, but Canada men's soccer, like nothing to brag about. Basketball, I think we're on the up and coming. We got some names on that team, but. Nothing to show for it. But when it comes to hockey, Canada plus money, like I'm going to be making a We got a medal. We got a medal at the World Cup in the in the basketball. You missed that in the summer? Yeah, there? I'm talking Olympics. That was I'm huge. talking about Olympics. We got some I need Olympics, for it. We got some, we got some hardware. We got some hardware. I need to see it in the Olympics, man. You know, you team USA doesn't tr- give all their guys to worlds. I need to see Olympic medals. And I think We're Paris next right year direction. is the Olympics. Yeah, hopefully next year. We'll see it, but you know what I mean? Right now, we got World Juniors, and I think there's a World Cup of Hockey in 2025, if I saw correctly. So, a lot to be excited for for Canadian hockey fans. A lot to be excited yeah, for for Canadian best. hockey. Sorry, lo- so I was just going to say a lot to be excited for for Canadian hockey content creators with a nice little segue there. I mean, how do you... Like, you're watching these games. Like, are you writing notes? Is it in your phone? Is it in your head? Like... When that game ends, does the camera go on? Like, what is the process behind putting together these bangers? Coach oh, I, it's it's in the moment, baby. We don't think we just flow. I watch the game. I'm like, kind of, kind of taking notes in my, my head. Like, you kind of see the guys that are standing out. You try to start maybe making some sort of narrative. Like, when I see Celebrini's got a five point night going, I'm like, all right, he's gonna be in the video. He's gonna be uh, a big star in the video, and maybe a goalie makes a save. Maybe there's like a hit from behind. You try to look at the moments in the game, and I'm like, all right, how could that? How, like the, the moments people remember. There's a lot of ta- like moments in the game that no one's gonna remember because you're trying to callbacks. You're trying to do callbacks, right? I'm trying to call back something that happened in the game that people were talking about. Maybe it was a hit from behind. Should that have been called? Should that not have been called? And then you bring it up in the video. Um, so it's really in the moment. So I, the the game will finish. I'm up there putting it together. Sometimes it's one take. Most of the time it's done within like 20 minutes. Like you get up there, you flow, you don't think at all. And then you edit it, post it all within like half an hour. Usually Um, that's how those roll right after the game. Obviously the world Jays have been over in Sweden. So I'm not really an early morning guy. So like some of these games are like at six 30, eight 30. So it's tougher to report. Like I usually like to report on it right away. Like right after the game happens, I like to have it have a video out like 30 minutes but mm-hmm. yeah it's been a little slower because chip doesn't get up at 6 30 a.m for the reporting so it's been fun i think i did like three videos yesterday in the matter of like four hours just crank those out that's, that's where chip kind of made his name though world jays that's where coach chippy uh came on the scene that was bedard in the summer and then it was back-to-back world juniors we had in like four months there 
because everything was thrown off because of the last couple of years, well, it's stuff going on. So it was in the summer and then it was in the winter. And then now we got her again, but I think Celebrini's is, is this year's Bedard. I'm not going to lie to you. I think Celebrini's the guy. I like it. Like you sold me on a turn. You sold me on Canada to win. Like that's going to be bet. No problem. Um, but you did also sell me on this guy here. I want to watch, you know, not just the juniors, whatever he's got left in the uh, college hockey season. Cause I know he plays in the States and yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I like, we, we can talk new year's resolutions or goals for 2024 in a little bit. I want to make an effort to watch more hockey, right? I do a lot of football, you know, a lot of wrestling, a lot of UFC. I do want to add more hockey to my repertoire. I watch a lot of leaf games. So I do like, I'd say I'm a Leafs fan, but I don't know if I'm, a hockey fan. I'll watch like a Pittsburgh game if I got money on it, or if I, you know, a game's an OT, I'll watch it. But I do want to watch more hockey in 2024. And I'm saying that as we're recording so that I can be held accountable for it when we look back next year. Oh, hockey's lit. You got to follow hockey. It's actually mm-hmm. such a fun sport to watch. And once you know the narratives and kind of what who the players are, like every team, you kind of know who to follow. Um, I think you'll have a lot more kind of fun watching the games. Like you'll be like, okay, I know that guy. He's really good. Um, and there's a lot of parody in the league. So you never really know what's going to happen. Whereas like an NBA, look at the Detroit Pistons. Like they haven't won a game all year. Like there's like, like even if you're a terrible team, you're still going to get those wins. Like uh, Chicago's not a great team, but you know, Betsy last night, toe drag release, put it in the back of the net. They still cool. won. You know what I mean? It's a lot more, there's a lot more bounces that can happen in an NHL game. And it's a lot, less predictable than other sports so it's kind of fun because you never know what's going to happen that's cool yeah i think i rekindled my passion for hockey during the playoffs last year i was betting a lot on like i was on a pretty good run of winning picks and and making money sports betting with hockey playoffs and like with the florida run and then you had toronto in the first round you know first time ever that i've ever seen I was watching a lot of Seattle Kraken games. They were a fun team to watch, and they're always a dog, which was cool. But yeah, I think uh, once playoffs rolls around, I'll be all there. But I do want to make more of an effort to watch regular season hockey and not just playoffs down the line. Yeah, playoff hockey is way better, though. It's it amazing. It's like night and day. Like it's actually insane how much different the game is in the playoffs, especially if you're someone who doesn't watch hockey. Watch playoff hockey because it literally turns from like a skill game no one's really wants to hit each other like you kind of let things go in the regular season like no one really wants to get hurt and then all of a sudden playoffs shifts these guys are going out to injure they're going and they're fighting it's a different beast like playoff hockey's like there's no more uh, i don't think there's another game that is that much different from playoffs to regular season like it's that kind of it just ramps up like these players um, have all bought in. They are like, we are going to war. And that's what a hockey playoff series is. It's a absolute war. And these guys are playing with like broken feet. Like last year, I think it was reported like Kachuk was playing with a broken tibia, broken foot, like a wrist, like the injury reports come out. He couldn't, like, he couldn't get his skate on. I remember they had to help yeah. like his teammates had to put his skate on for him. Cause he couldn't put his skate on. But once he got on the ice, you wouldn't even know that. No. Yeah. They're putting that anti freeze on. They're freezing it up. They're giving them all these different things. Numbing gel. 
we don't know what they're giving them, but yeah, they try to get them out there to play. And yeah, I love watching playoff hockey. Definitely tune in to the playoffs if you are not a hockey guy or a girl. Tune into playoff hockey because you will enjoy it for sure. Yeah, I love it. And like you said, like it's way less predictable. Like you had Florida who literally made the playoffs on the last game of the season go all the way to the cup final. Like you saw something similar to like that in basketball with the Miami Heat, but you know, other than that, I can't recall a time in sports where that that has happened. And it's just so like in hockey, this literally anything can happen. All you have to do is make playoffs, whether you're the first seed or the eight seed, it really doesn't matter as long as you get to the dance. Get to the dance, baby. Get to that dance. Anything can happen. Self-belief. And yeah, it's very difficult to predict the Stanley Cup winner every year. Nearly impossible. Feels like. Oh, I bet. I think uh yeah, that format is 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 special. What I do like, um, we'll transition here to the NFL playoffs, which are I believe two weeks away. I like that single game elimination where it's like the upsets can happen. You know, it is it is unfortunate sometimes when guys get hurt and you go off. Oh, if they had another game or it was a series, you know, you'd like to see it again. But the, uh, you know, the one game elimination format is crazy for teams that, you know, spend 17, 18 weeks a year grinding to get to the playoffs who can lose it all in just one game, 60 minutes, which I think is super cool, too. Yeah, I always tune into the NFL playoff because, yeah, it is. It's so intriguing because it is a one game elimination Anything can happen. It's the same kind of with the March Madness with the basketball. Like every game is such mm. a big game. There's no uh, redos. So I think that's what makes yeah NFL playoff football so good. You're just like dialed in. Every fan is it's on edge, especially if you follow a team. Like I don't follow football that much, but even when it's like the team I want to win, like I'm dialed in. Like even sometimes before the game, I haven't watched either of these teams play and I've decided which team I like and I'm watching it and I'm like, fully invested i'm like super emotional i love watching sports and i do get pretty into it i've tried to dial it back a bit i've tried to be like a little bit all right this is out of my control doesn't matter but when it's your team and you want them to win like it's no fun when they lose so you kind of get really dialed in are you like an intense sports watcher at all like do you get really yeah. emotionally invested in these games uh, so I guess it depends if I, if I have money on the game, I'm emotionally invested. You know, if I'm betting on the chiefs, I'm a chiefs fan. If I'm betting on the Packers, I'm a Packers fan. So it really just depends on the game. Uh, I'm a new England Patriots fan. So that was the team that like, I'm emotionally invested in. Uh, I know you don't watch much football these days, but they're absolutely terrible. Uh, four and 10 Belichick might walk at the end of the season. So this is no longer a team, or at least for the time being, a team that I'll root for You know, in the playoffs because I don't think they'll be making the playoffs for quite a little bit. But this year, I really like Baltimore. I really like the 49ers. I mean, uh, the Dolphins. I mean, how could you not like Coach McDaniel, Tyreek Hill, Tua? It's such a good story. I think we're in for a really strong NFL playoffs, and it really is unpredictable. Right now, I think I said it last week, my prediction is Baltimore and the Niners. Uh, I wouldn't put money on them to make the Super Bowl. I'd probably do individual game betting. So in those games, super crazy, yelling at the TV. I could have caught that ball. How do you not see him open that kind of stuff? But man, I love it. Like I do, even if I'm not betting, I just those games are just the best personally. So you do get into it. 
Oh yeah. Like I remember last year, uh, I don't know if you, if you saw this, but the uh, Los Angeles chargers were playing the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Jaguars were down 27, nothing at halftime. And uh, my buddy who was at my house, he had a parlay and everything in the parlay hit. The last leg was the Jaguars to win and they were down 27, nothing. So in solidarity, we all live bet on the Jaguars so we could try to see the Jaguars win together. And they came back and won. It was one of the biggest comebacks in NFL playoff history. They won the game um, and came back down 27 nothing. And that's just the unpredictability and just absolute lunacy that is the NFL playoffs. Holy. I remember watching a Mahomes comeback. I think they were down like 14-0 in the first two possessions. Am I thinking about the right game? And then Mahomes came there, back. Yeah, there was a game earlier this year where Mahomes was down 14-0. I think, uh, yeah, last, last year's playoffs. Year, yeah. The Super Bowl, he was down at halftime, I think, by 14 and came back. That might have been it. Yeah, and Last year, Mahomes it. had the – he also had the ankle injury. Like, he sprained his ankle, so he's literally, like, hopping onto the field. But then once that ball snapped, this guy's just lights out. Like, the Chiefs this year are not looking very good, but – He's just one of those players, and the Chiefs are just one of those teams that it's like once that light bulb goes off and they figure out all these issues on offense, you know, they could make a run to the Super Bowl and they could win the Super Bowl. And we could be sitting here talking about this in March. Like, did anyone not see that coming? Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Like, it's a guarantee. Yeah, Patty Mahomes is that guy. He's unbelievable. You know, that's one of my favorite QBs. And I was in a bandwagon. I was cheering for the, the Chiefs before they won their Super Bowls. You can attest to that. I can because I remember the year that the AFC Championship, it was 2018 or 2019 when we were living together. It was the Patriots versus the Chiefs, and the Patriots won. And you just stormed out of the room. You don't want to talk to me. There's no gambling or anything at this time. You're just so angry. No. And it wasn't like anything I did personally. It was just the Patriots beating the Chiefs. I remember you did not want to speak to me. Oh, I just disliked, that year. I disliked the Patriots. I just couldn't stand them. I can't stand teams that just keep winning. Except for when it's your team that you like. So I was like, Chiefs, just keep winning, baby. Just keep winning, baby. And people get so cheesed. Um. But I was not a bandwagoner. I was on them from the start, from the jump. I was Mahomes guy. Well, you were but also yeah, watching Tyree Kill's vlogs. Remember that you were watching Tyree Kill's vlogs. Yeah, I was you were a fan of him. So, like, you were dialed I in. St- on I think I watched one the other day. I watched one the other day. He's unbelievable. He had that camera guy that was following him around that the NFL fired or something like that because he did a celebration. It was like set up where he grabbed the guy's phone and did a backflip. Did you see that? Yeah, a guy I think worked for the NFL's social media team, but he knew Tyreek because he went to uh, Miami U and they met. And so then he planned like, hey, I'm going to score a touchdown. I'm going to take your phone, do that. And then the NFL fired him for that. But then Tyreek Hill, I think, went out and said that he agreed to pay this guy's like salary or something like that just to make up for it. Because, you know, Tyreek did get him fired, but, you know, he made up. Well, they're boys. Apparently they were boys. Like they were buddies. Like Yeah, they planned they planned that celebration, which is dope. Like. I love when players show their creativity like that. It's just so it makes the game more interesting. Like it's just yeah, even it's in hockey. It's just it like let these guys showcase their personalities in the way that you see it in the NBA, in the way that you see it in soccer, and watch their personal brands grow and in tune watch the league's popularity grow. It just doesn't make sense why people want to suppress that. Yeah, I think hockey is changing, but it is pretty 
laid back. Like there's these players don't want to kind of step out, say anything because it is such a team oriented sport. And it's such a, not even that it's like, it's such a, what's it? Power, the power dynamics of a hockey team. The hierarchy is like, maybe. Yeah. The coach, you know, like you're like, I feel like in the NBA, like LeBron is the coach. You know what I mean? Like it's, I think it's changing now with these guys that are signing like these like $15 million per season deals where it's like, all right, like Matthews has a little bit more say than maybe Sheldon Keefe because, you know, whatever Pappy wants, he's going to get, you can't, you can't bench Pappy. You're giving him 15 mil for the season. So I think it is kind of the power kind of comes back to the player when the teams invest so much in the player where they're like, all right, I'm the guy like, yeah, bench me, put me on the fourth line. Like I'm still making 15 million. Like what, like, you know what I'm saying? So like that power dynamic is kind of shifting and maybe you're starting to see some players like, yeah, I'm making 15 mil. I'm going to come in with a little more swag. I might change my suit up. Some of the players are showing off their styles a little bit more. I think it's going to continue to kind of grow that way in terms of like marketing and the players marketing themselves. But I think it's going to take um, maybe a couple more years for some of these uh, NHL guys to get on the TikToks and start doing the, cause some of these NBA guys are on TikTok, you know, doing some dances oh, yeah. and stuff I've been seeing. So I think that will be good for the league, but I think we're maybe one or two years away from these guys getting these TikToks account, TikTok accounts going, doing some pregame dancing. I don't know. I don't know if a lot of NHL fans will want to see that stuff, but I think it's inevitable. I think growing their personal brands and um, that what's it called? The what's the word I'm looking for? The like beneficiary crossover appeal, maybe. No, they're gonna see the benefits of growing a social brand, and right. every player is gonna want to like kind of get involved in building up their own profiles online and marketing themselves, maybe even starting their own brands. Because uh, right now it's like just the big hockey brands that you know kind of sponsor and cut deals with these guys but what if one of these players like wants to start their own brand or wants to connect with coach chippy and maybe get in on the brands he's thinking about uh wink wink betsy um because i think yeah like maybe macklin maybe pappy too i think some of these nhl guys combining with these content creators actually will benefit their brand because it works in both ways. The, the the creator gets content. The player gets to show off their personality. It's a win-win situation for the league, for the players, for the creator. I think we're going to see some more of that happening, some more collaborations with um, influencers or creators. Because I think it happens a lot in the NBA. I know like Tristan Jass is always at these NBA games, meeting the players, just chopping it up with the players. I think that's going to happen a little bit more, but... I think the NHL is a little slower than these other leagues. Yeah, well, any any athlete or agent listening that wants to help elevate their player's brand, princehudatick at gmail.com if you want your player to appear on the Prince Huda podcast. Two of the best in the game and your guy right here. I mean, I'd love to interview players. <laughs> I think that would be so much fun. That would be so much fun seeing that dynamic. And a lot of guys, um, not in hockey, but you see NBA and you see NFL. Everyone's got a podcast now. Kelsey Brothers got a podcast. 
Grady Dick. Grady Dick has a podcast. You know what? Like everyone's starting them. Michael now. Porter Jr.'s got one. Yeah, and it's it's awesome. Trey Young, I was listening to. It's like you want to hear these guys talk because you know they do the post game interviews. Yeah, we played hard tonight. We played a good forty eight minutes. Blah blah blah. Oh, you know we 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 shot the ball well. Like that's boring. They're not trying to you know be relaxed and in their element. So when they're at home and they're in their setting where they just feel comfortable talking, like people want to listen. So I love it. One of my favorite uh, podcasts that I listen to clip wise is the Kelsey brothers. Like I love it. Like. I was listening before the Taylor Swift stuff started. I just want people to know that. Big fan of Jason, big fan of Travis, and just their minds and the way they break down the game in a way that like they're so experienced in football and they've had such long careers, have been so successful playing at the highest level that when these guys talk, you just want to listen because it's like listening to a master, you know, break down, you know, a magician breaking down his tricks, and I love it. Yeah, that's unreal to watch these players hop on talk about the game like imagine if Betsy was just hopping on podcast talking about the season what it was like what's what what it's like going through it you'd get to know him a lot more um even Crosby like getting him on more podcast type it's just such it's just not gonna happen like NHL is just not like that like everyone's so closed tries to be so private keep it so and that's kind of like why I came into space. I'm like, okay, it is such a um, kind of boring league, but it is so like, yeah, like no one's out vanilla. Here. It's vanilla. Uh, what's vanilla mean? Flavor. Everyone's saying vanilla. What does vanilla oh, mean? <laughs> I don't mean it like like white. That's not what I meant. Like just more like plain Jane. There's not much going on. Like everyone's kind of doing the same thing. Like all the yeah. You know, the funniest thing is the post game interviews. It's it's nice to see someone like you. And some other creators, and there's another po- hockey podcast like Spit and Chicklets, guys that are like embracing the game of hockey and, and and you know presenting it to mainstream audiences in a way the NFL is and the way the NBA is, and it helps grow the game. But it feels like the NHL is just kind of a little bit behind the the learning curve with the get with these other leagues when it comes to the social side of stuff. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, like understanding the social, understanding what the audience wants to see. I think obviously the NHL they're making tons of money. But they could, I think they can market their game even better and be even bigger and exactly broaden the audience because it is such a fun game to watch. Like you don't have to have played hockey to enjoy hockey. So I think it is a growing game. People are seeing it. it I mean, Kachuk was on uh, TNT there with last year in the playoffs. Like it was, mm-hmm. so it's like it's getting out there. I think, yeah, I think the players now need to do some more marketing of the game. Um, and if they start to do that, like if Matthew started to kind of come out, show his personality off more, I mean, all these kids are looking up to them. So I think, yeah, using kind of creators as that kind of shift into the content creation to kind of like link up with a creator, they can kind of give them tips on like how to even start, like what works, what doesn't work because creators literally, that's their job. Like they've learned content creation they learned every day how to come up with different concept different ideas uh posting schedules um intros hooks like there's so many things that go into making a video and it's not hard anyone can do it all of us are creators but um having someone that's done it already i think would benefit some of these um nhl guys who are looking to get into the space and grow their brands and grow their profiles and 
you're seeing the players like McDavid hopping in commercials. You're seeing Matthews on commercials. Like they're already getting into the, the media space, but I mean, they could be doing kind of funny videos on their actual profiles instead of just for other brands. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see kind of one of these players maybe even come out with their own, their own line of something. You know what I mean? Like there's players like Matthews that have that power to, and that influence over, um, the audience to yeah like come out with their own brand or something that uh they want to do kind of like the big baller brand in the nba um Hmm. where if you have that kind of attention you could come out with your own brand and instead of just linking up with another brand find something that you want to actually build so that'll be interesting to see if that ever happens yeah i think the podcast lane is like the not the easiest route but the the go-to route for guys once they you know, retire even during the game, you know, Draymond, you know, has a podcast he's playing. Uh, one I saw the other day, Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, uh, who play for the Los Angeles Rams, they have a podcast and like during the week, right? They got games on Sundays and they, they do a pod during the week. So it's like they're aware that like as being active on the field or being active off the field is just as important as being active on the field because once the on the field stuff ends, Yes. How are you going to keep yourself relevant and how are you going to keep making that money and keeping your keeping your name relevant in a way that we've seen a lot of great uh, successful athletes do? Yeah, and like relevant, like some of these players have made so much money but they're not even worried about being relevant. But I think after your career ends, you're trying to like find something that you're passionate about. I think a lot of players, once they like kind of end their career, they're like, hey, now what? What do I do? They feel really lost. They used to be a part of a team. They used to have a schedule and now they kind of have to dive into something that they like, they have all the money in the world, but what is it that you actually want to do? So I think create creating is in human nature. I mean, everything that we've ever look, you look and see has been created by someone or it was an idea in the mind. So I think created creation in general is what every human being does every single day. So the idea of being a creator and making content is so natural in a way that I think that's why we're seeing a lot of um, athletes who are creators on the field want to come off the field and continue to create something and continue to kind of build. And it's like going to the gym, you know what I mean? You're, you're, you're learning a new skill. Um, you're create, you're talking about a topic that you enjoy and that's the benefit of content creation is that you can find something that you like and you can do that and report on that do funny skits comedy it's a very interesting space that we're in right now with this content creation world yeah all you need is a camera and a phone or you got the phone with the camera and you got the microphone there and just hit record and go like i think the biggest a lot of people ask me you know why like how did you start and it's just like i just started I didn't love it at first. Like there's errors I was making in editing and, you know, sound and volume and all that stuff. But you kind of just learn as you go. Like the biggest advice, the biggest piece of advice I could give anyone who's debating starting content creation, whether it's video, whether it's music, whether it's, you know, blogging or, or stand up comedy, just start. Everyone starts somewhere and eventually you'll get to a state where you're comfortable and you're able to have a conversation on camera in a podcast setting and you know it's just the evolution of yourself you kind of treat it like a treat it like a career and eventually it will become a career you know the only person that can motivate you to start 
is you. And so just pick up the camera, hit record, and see where life takes you. Oh, I like that. I like that, Prince. That's very true, I think. Yeah, you just got to start. You got to be willing to be a fool before you're the master. And that was a mm. quote. I think that was a quote from like Alan Watts or something. I read a lot of him. Oh. But yeah, like you can't be a master if you're not willing to be a fool at the beginning. Because when you first start something, you're not you're going to be crappy at it. It's not going to work. No one's going to watch your video. Um, but you have to just enjoy the process of making the video. Enjoy the topic you're talking about or creating about. And if you really enjoy something and you do it every day, you're going to improve upon it. And eventually, it's going to work out, baby. That's just kind of the, the law of practice. Whatever human beings do consistently we're going to get good at so if you juggle every single day you're going to get better at juggling you're not going to get worse so if you just keep showing up and that's something you really want to do there's no way it's not going to evolve and grow into something um you just have to put that consistency in and for me with the content i've i was just like i need i need a video every single day um you're trying out different types of video styles i was doing skits i was doing psychology 101 I was doing news reporting. I was trying to find something that I actually enjoyed. And I think it's going to take you a little bit to find that. So at the beginning, I was reporting on going to the gym. I was like, am I going to make gym content? Am I going to make crypto content? Am I going to make content about hockey? Um, and eventually, I realized it was just the content in general that I enjoyed. It didn't really matter what the topic was. It was just the... Um, process of coming up with a concept filming it creating it and then posting it i kind of really enjoy and so i can make hockey content i can make content about the gym even on my stories i just talk about you know how's your day going like there's so many different routes you can make with content you can be motivational educational entertainment it's just such a crazy space this influencer space um and obviously, a lot of people look down upon it um, because it might not be, uh, what's it called, mainstream. Like, it's not normal to, to do it. Um, so people, you kind of feel like, oh, people are going to judge me or people are going to say this and that. Um, you really have to tune those voices out. And I think getting to know yourself as a creator is very important. Understanding who you are, what you enjoy. Um, I'm most creative when I'm alone. When I'm in a room by myself the ideas flow and I think that I think a lot of creators do enjoy that. Um, I'll ask you this Mace, like do you find yourself uh, the most creative by yourself or do you enjoy collaborating? What's your creative process look like? I like, so I, I enjoy collaboration with other creators. Like whenever we link up and we do skits, like it's very free flowing. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, what, what did the script look like for that video? Just, no, we just go. We just start, you know, riffing and recording. And, you know, that's the that's the most fun. So guys like you, uh, Oliver, Joseph, you know, Benny, all these other guys that are creating, doing stuff with them, it just comes easy. But I do find that, you know, working alone is also where some of my best ideas come from. I'll be in the shower. Be like, oh, my goodness, that's a great idea. And I'll come out and I'll film it or I'll be in bed. And it's like, oh my God, oh my God, I got to write this down so I don't forget it tomorrow. And then that's where some of the ideas come from. Um, 
it's funny the um one video recently that uh got picked up by bleacher report betting was i did like a top five worst things to say to sports bettors and i got that idea from a buddy of mine shout out taryn who just said why don't you try doing lists and so he just threw that out there and I, I thought about it and I did it and it ended up really helping me grow uh, my channel where I did, you know, a ton of lists about sports betting and it was relatable enough that it worked and, you know, to get picked up by a, a page like Bleacher Report, who's, you know, one of the biggest in this space really showed me that like, hey, not just using my own ideas, but being receptive to new ideas and collaborating and kind of brainstorming and listening with other people helps too. Because they may give you ideas that you've never even thought of or wouldn't even think to do. And, you know, like you said, it's really just about trying a bunch of stuff and seeing what sticks and being open to new ideas and not being afraid to fail. And, you know, look at us now. I think that's interesting. Even you said with like the Bleacher Report, like uh, posting your video, did that give you like a sense of, I know some other channels posted you too at the beginning. Um, did that give you a sense of like, oh, not validation, but like, oh, I can really do this. Like, I can make, uh, like, it seems like such a like a daunting task when you when you're first starting to create a channel and you have zero followers and you're looking at all these other creators that are at hundreds and hundreds of thousands and you're like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do that. And it could be very daunting. But then, like, when you created your first video that got maybe viral video. Did that give you a sense of like, oh, I can really do this? Because I know when I when it happened with me, it was like, oh, like what? Like I don't even remember what the video was. I don't even know if I was even in it, but I created a like a viral video that got seen by hundreds of thousands of people, and I'm like, all right, like if I could do this once, well, that means I can do it again. And I and I know that was kind of like the feeling of when you're first starting out. It's like you're like no one's watching your videos. You're like, oh, like I'm no good at this. No one's gonna watch me. It's never gonna work. But then like that one video can just change your entire kind of self-belief and like, Oh, I can really do this. Like I can create a video that people enjoy. And I think a lot of uh, content creation, it's like you want to be accepted by people. Like that's a big thing as human beings, we want to be accepted. So it can be very scary creating a new channel and posting yourself because you don't know what people are going to say. You don't want people are going to comment. Is anyone going to like it? And I think having to get over that kind of fear of judgment of others was like a huge uh, step for me of just like, all right, I got to accept myself, detach from the result um, and not let anyone else hold me back. The thoughts of, because those are your own thoughts. When you're thinking this person's going to think that, that's your mind thinking that. That's not even what they're saying. So it's like almost battling that own mental block or that mental jail. Sometimes you put yourself in and uh what's the word the the paradigm so it's like you have to like shift your paradigm of what you're even being like what you you're going to allow yourself to be capable of because if you say oh i'm never going to be able to do that you like you're never going to be able to do that but as soon as you kind of shift oh i i can do this and you start saying to yourself like positive affirmations or even just saying you can instead of you can't i think that was a huge shift for me and that's kind of when the creation shifted so i know i was going to ask you a question in there but uh, it was, yeah. Like, did you find like when you made your it's first validation? Video? Yeah. Did you, did you find that gave you like an extra self-belief? It's like, Oh, I can do this. Yeah. I think, um, it, it just kind of helped me reassure myself because I always had enough belief in myself. Like, obviously I don't have as big of an audience as you do yet, 
but I know eventually I will get there. And I know the content yeah. that I'm creating, if it is seen by a wider audience, will likely be what very well received. And so, you know, as as narcissistic as that sounds, when when I got my first video reposted by, you know, Bleacher Report, so my audience of four, 400, 500 followers is now my video being seen by, you know, a million people on their page. What's crazy is my first thought was, you're damn right it is. Like, I was kind of like, yeah, like, I knew how good this video was. I knew this is something they should uh, they should post. And I know that doesn't sound like very humble, but it's true. You got to have that self-belief and confidence in yourself. Like I know the content that I'm making is very entertaining. It's very funny. And I know that, you know, it's going to be well-received. And so when those go, there's that validation where it's like, yeah, because you see the video do well. And again, just another subtle, humble Prince brag. You see my video is doing better numbers on their page than their own creators are. So it's like, yeah, put me in that spot and I thrive. So I don't know I just you kind of got me in a in a little bit of a, a little bit of a cocky cocky prince mode here. But no, honestly, like that validation is huge. You know, a lot of it, there's a lot of low moments in this you know space where you have a string of videos that don't do well, or you have you know creators block where you don't know if this video is going to go, or you don't know if the video is going to do well. So it is really nice sometimes to see those videos go and like, yeah, like. I needed that and I'm him, you know, it's just, it's nice to remember that you're him or her and you are the best creator in your brain and the whole world will eventually see it if you keep up with it. Yeah. And then it's kind of like once like you kind of get out of that little block or the video does well, it's almost like the next five videos do well too. Like I know like for me where it's like when I'm like grinding and the videos aren't coming to me, the ideas aren't coming to me. And like, I know it's not my best stuff and it just seems like, all right, I'm still, I'm still grinding through that creative block. Like I'm still posting, I'm still getting it out. Um, and I find that's my best way to get through that create creative burnout or I just keep creating. Like I, I've just been making videos every single day for the past two years. Like I haven't missed a single day and people are like, Oh, like you're going to get burnout. I've already had burnout and I just kept going and going and creating. Cause that's really what I want to do here is make people laugh every single day and people are like oh you can take a day off or you can i ain't taking a day off okay people have been telling me you should and i've been telling myself should i and i'm like no i'm just gonna keep creating there's gonna be a moment maybe where i do chill out but right now i'm just finding uh creation is really what gives me happiness like when i'm not creating and i'm kind of doing nothing like what am i doing like i, I want to be creating something new i want to you know use the moment um as best as i can and it's like, if it's not creation, maybe it's meditation and just chilling and trying to let my thoughts kind of wind down as well. So I understand like the burnout aspect. You definitely get burnt out as a creator. And when you're trying to post every single day, it's it can be very daunting. And when your videos aren't being received well, you're like, man, is this like, am I ever going to have a good idea again? That's kind of what it feels like. It's like, am I ever going to have a, an yeah. idea that does well again? And you're like, oh, like you kind of get trapped in that state. And I know I was kind of battling that a couple like last month or, and I was just like, and you're down and it affects your mood. You're like, man, like my videos aren't doing well. I got no good ideas. They're not coming to me and you kind of get stuck. But then on the flip turn, like yesterday I had like three ideas come to me. All three of them I created, all three of them I posted, they got received very well. And it's like, now it's like, you're on this, like, Oh, I might like today I had like more ideas coming. I'm like, after this podcast, I'm going to go film. And I'm like in that creative flow where everything's just kind of 
feels like it's just working out. I'm not forcing any ideas. They're just coming to me. I'm going and I'm filming them. I'm taking action. And I find there's a lot of that as a creator, like ups and downs in terms of how creative you are in that moment. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, your thought process, like waking up and staying positive and allowing yourself to be creative. Um, Because creativity, we all have it, but not all of us are tapping into it. So um, I'm actually reading a book right now called um, like the creative act. It's by Rick Rubin. It's actually really interesting. Um, and pretty much it says creativity is a way of being. So it's like every day look around, there's messages, um, there's ideas and maybe you're supposed to actually see that message. So like if you look around the room and you, and you read something and it's like, maybe you were supposed to see that or like it wasn't uh, just a accident that you saw that or you like sometimes you'll read something gives you an idea and you're like i was supposed to see that so you start looking at the world differently and you, you start seeing these signals i think it was talking about signals and there's signals all around you all the time and there's i like there's signals giving you ideas for new creations all the time and it's like being aware of that and it was really interesting because it's almost became like it's like a way of life like creativity is like you see something you're like oh that gave me an idea for that and then all of a sudden you've created this idea and it was kind of given to you by the it's called the source in the book the source is always giving you ideas like you're like an antenna your brain is just receiving these thoughts all the time from the source or whatever and it was really interesting so you got to read that book prince send it to me i do i'm a big talker sorry i could just talk forever so don't be afraid to interrupt me so no, remember, remember what I told you, told you and Benny in Chicago. I said one thing I want to do a better job of is listening, and so this helps with that, in the sense that I'm still, I'm listening. You know what I mean? My mind isn't anywhere else. I'm not scrolling. I'm listening, and hopefully, people are are listening too. But yeah, it's the power of creativity, and like you said, anything and everything could be an inspiration for a video. You know what I mean? Like. What's funny is there's certain things that not even they may not even exist yet that become pillars of your content. So, you know, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, as trivial as that sounds, that really helped reinstill my passion in making skits because I was not doing skits for a while. And then that came out and it was like, oh, this would be a funny skit. And then I did that skit and then I did another skit. And then I started doing more skits. So something that has absolutely no effect on me. No relevance at all whatsoever. I didn't bat an eye the first time I heard about it. And then I was like, oh, you know, there's a fun way to approach this topic that I think my audience would appreciate. And in doing so, it instilled, it reinstilled my passion for, you know, making people laugh and kind of doing more, you know, ridiculous skits than just mad guy yells at phone because his bet didn't hit kind of thing. Yeah, dude. Then that's what these, like, all the time, if you just are, like, keep your mind aware. And you keep your mind conscious and there's those signals all the time that are going to give you ideas that are going to give you different things. Like we're just getting signals all the time. We're just like, we're like an antenna. And that was so interesting about reading the first kind of 50 pages of this book. It's like, yeah, this, that's kind of how I viewed the life, my life, even before I started reading it. Like I kind of was like, as a creator, there's always these things, these signals. I see a lot of like numbers, like one, 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 one. I'm like, that must mean something. Like there's like these signals you're receiving from the from the universe, from the source, whatever you believe in. And yeah, allowing being open to that, being aware 
of that just gives you more access to energy to create when you're instead of thinking in your mind and ruminating you're actually where you are you're looking around the room you're seeing different things and you're like oh like that's interesting like didn't notice that before and when you could quiet your mind and exactly open up to these signals they're everywhere all the time every day yeah and i think like with the nature of what we do in the sports space it's a lot of being reactive you know this uh, this thing happens in a game this guy scores this guy has this kind of game we immediately watch that because we would already be watching that because we're fans first and foremost but that you know a fan will sit there and go oh that's funny but then we'll sit there and go okay how can i take that yeah. make a video from it and get a bunch of people that may not even saw it saw it or people that want to re-see it to watch it again and it's that cool like feedback loop where it's like all right it's re it's registered what's my take on it and then film post it's 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 one of a kind in, in this world for sure that's so interesting because yeah it's like you there's like another level of like awareness so it's like if you're just consuming a game yeah it's fun but as soon as you consume something and now you're trying to add to it you're trying to take an idea and then like layer it with something that you thought of and then exactly that the audience might find funny it just like adds an extra element of flavor to living i guess creativity does so instead of just sitting there consuming putting the next game on back-to-back -back games no in between games you're going upstairs to film and you had this idea come to you and you're taking action on it like life just becomes more fun or just more not meaningful but like you just get to more flow states you get to more states of creativity which in my opinion is what defines a good human experience is when you're in that flow state when you're fully uh, uh conscious of what you're doing and when you're creating something new that's exactly what you have to be it's super present um, and when I go up to film a video, it's just in the moment. I'm not thinking about anything else. It's that creation. It's that idea, bringing that thing to life that didn't exist before. And that's what I've, I just fallen in love with this create creation. And, um, and I think we're going to talk a lot about creation on this podcast because I really like this topic. And I think a lot of people would find this interesting because I think a lot, like pretty much everyone wants to be a creator. Like it's oh, yeah. in, it's human nature to want to create. So I think there's going to be a lot more content creators coming out. This space is going to grow exponentially. And if you're thinking about becoming a creator, do it. Find Let's something you enjoy. Just go create your first video. Make a new TikTok account. Delete your old Instagram. Or don't even delete your old Instagram account. Just make a new account. Um, so you're not worried about what your people from high school from five years ago are thinking. And it allows you to just like have that freedom, that create that creation freedom. Um, I definitely found I needed to make a new account. I couldn't be on my old Instagram account with all these people that were following me that I didn't even really know. And you're like you're like worried what they're gonna think. No, I had to create a new account, start fresh, zero followers, and build something that you want to build. And don't worry what anyone else is thinking, what they're doing. Just kind of tap into your creation and and flow, baby. Just flow like like it's on the it's on the hat it's on the hoodie don't think too much just flow and I think another piece of advice would be don't be 
as number driven as you want to be. Like you look at like these other create, oh, why do they have so many followers? Oh, why do their views videos get more views? I mean, don't think like that. Take stuff from them that is working and getting people to watch. But at the end of the day, you're competing with yourself. You know, you set these benchmarks, you look at your analytics, but don't look at other people because that's just going to make you depressed because no matter how big you get, there's always going to be someone bigger than you that you can look at and go, oh, why am I not that big? That is not the way to approach this. I've been there and it really makes, it really takes a toll on you mentally and it honestly demotivates you. So another piece of advice would just be focus on yourself, focus on making the best quality content you can and the numbers will speak for themselves. I remember I had a conversation with you like last year and I was like, like Prince, you just, you, like, you just need to make a video every day. And I said that to you. And then I started, I started watching you create the content. And then I was like, no, you got to be consistent. You got to do this every day. Like content creation is something you got to show up for every day. And then you started posting. And I'm like, Hey, yeah, this is gonna like Prince understands it now. And you started posting every day and your videos weren't popping off there wasn't at the beginning but you were just showed up again the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day and that's what your favorite creators have done they've created video like an, a boatload of videos go go on their profile and look how many videos they've created and that at the end of the day that's how you become a good content creator is just creating content and don't worry what the first videos are going to do they're not going to be your your best pieces of work but if you keep showing up and you just keep making new pieces keep trying new things you're going to eventually find something that works and that you enjoy and then from there you're going to be able to grow build but it just starts with just creating at the end of the day getting something getting something out there just post just post something that um you enjoy and that you like and i think that's the the first step for sure yeah, it comes down to two things, discipline and consistency. And like you said, posting every day um, really kind of helped lit that fire under my ass to be like, keep going, make something, you know, oh, this happened today. What What is your thoughts on it? What does Prince think about this? Prince is going to make a video about it. One of my favorite uh, pieces of content or series of content this year was the, uh, the F Florida parlay. So I it was when the, the Panthers and the Miami Heat were in the NHL NBA Finals. So I was like, you know what? F Florida. And so I did a huge parlay of like Vegas to win the Stanley Cup, Nuggets to win the um, NBA Finals. And then after every game, no matter where I was, I would do a video. So there was times where I was out at a bar and I took the camera out and I start filming me watching the game. And then I went to uh, Portugal. And so we were, you know, six hours ahead. So it was Five in the morning, but the Denver Nuggets just won the NBA Finals. I gotta make a video at five AM. Damn right, you Knights. We stayed up till like four thirty watching the uh, Knights eliminate the Panthers because four thirty-five hits. There's a video, so holding yourself accountable, and it was so much fun. You know, looking back, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I stayed up watching that just because I had money on it. But that's what people respect, and that's what people like to see from their favorite creators. And it's that discipline and consistency that is what will take you to where you want to go. Yeah, I found the same thing with like the Leafs games. Like they held me accountable because after every Leafs game, I posted a video. So I was like, "Oh, there's Leafs game on. Okay, perfect. There's like, there's my video idea." So it's like finding those things that can kind of hold you accountable and get you excited. Because whenever there's Leafs game, like, okay, boom, I have my video idea. 
I'm going to post. And it was like dope. But on the days where there wasn't a Leafs game, I had to get creative. I was like, okay, well, what's the, what's the, what's the plan today? And I think that's the most fun is like, yeah, like it's the unknown, like create creation is literally taking something that doesn't exist and bringing it into existence. So yeah, it's the unknown. It's chaos. You don't know what content you're going to want to make. You just got to make something. Okay. A lot of people are like, well, well what do I make? You, I don't even know what I'm going to make. I, I know I got to make a new video today and I don't even know what that is yet. Um, but once I kind of decide, all right, I'm going to go film it. Something's going to come to me. I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out kind of throughout the day. Like maybe when I wake up, I have the idea right away and it's like, all right, perfect. I'm going to go film that this afternoon. If the idea doesn't come, come to me in the morning. I'm going to wait. Maybe it'll come to come to me at the gym. Uh, if it doesn't come to me at the gym, okay, I'm going to wait for dinner. And sometimes I don't create till the end of the night. Sometimes I'm creating in the morning. It's whenever that idea comes to you, but you have to be open to receive it for sure. Like the ideas mm. just come to you, but you have to be open to receive it. And sometimes in the morning you're thinking too much, no idea can flow through. Um, so I do think, yeah, going to the gym, sometimes my ideas will come to me at the gym and I'm like, all right, perfect. I'm going to get home, feel good from the gym, go film. The idea is going to come right to me, but you got like the ideas come from nowhere. You don't know where the ideas come from, but you have to be willing to accept that idea. And that's the amazing thing about creation is that you don't know when that next banger idea is going to come, but be aware of it. Take note, take note of it. If it does come to you, write it down or film it right away. But again, yeah, I don't even know where half my ideas come from. They just come from the source and I go up there, I create it, I lay it down, have fun with it and post it. And then next day we're doing the same thing. And the next day we're doing the same thing. Always creating something. Do you find that? Do you just let, do you let your ideas come to you? Yeah, I think like, so obviously with the nature of, of what I do when it comes to like, um, you know, football stuff or hockey stuff, like I not necessarily let it come to me. I consume it myself. So I'm watching these games and I see this play and I go, Oh, that would be funny. So Monday, for example, I wasn't watching, I wasn't able to watch the Ravens 49ers game, but I saw Lamar Jackson slipped because the referee slipped on like, like on his feet and tripped Lamar Jackson. And he got a grounding penalty. I was like, oh, that's funny. And I'm like, oh, that's something. I, there's something I could do with it. So you know, I kind of watched it a few times, understood the situation of the game, and I was like, okay. So clearly the referee had money on the ball, uh, San Francisco, which is why he tripped Lamar Jackson, and everyone's clear, and I'm the only one that's seeing it. No one else is. And so I put out like a video like that. And so I let it come to me, but I'm also looking for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm watching. I'm watching, waiting for these moments to happen where I go – that's it right there. Ooh, if there's one like thing that. people are going to come out of this, if there's one thing people are going to come out of this game talking about, it's that I need to have my stamp on it. That's exact. Yeah. I would say I'm similar to that way. Yeah. You're also looking like, yeah, like you're definitely like looking, yeah. Like looking, you will find that's definitely something I've noticed. Yeah. You have to be, it's like letting it come to you when you're, I think when you're in a slump and you're in like a creative woe, you have to let it come to you. But like when you're, when you're flowing, it's like, no, you're looking for those opportunities to especially when you're reporting on like a game but when you're trying to create something out of out of thin air and you're like what do i create it can be a lot more difficult but yeah like when you're when you have these things that you're consuming because when you're consuming you are getting ideas like every idea is a play off someone else's idea everything you see or like yeah. read is someone has been inspired by something else so yeah for sure like when i'm watching an nhl game 
I'm looking for those moments like that people are going to talk about. And I think I said that at the beginning of the podcast, like you're looking, mm. okay, people are going to be like the Celebrini kid at five points. I'm like, okay, I have to exactly make my, make my stamp. Like what's something I could kind of, or what are people thinking about the Celebrini kid? They're probably comparing him to Bedard, right? So um, everyone at home is like, yo, this, is this kid Bedard? Cause I, I'm comparing him to Bedard. So that must mean there's thousands of other people watching the game that probably have that same thought. And I'm like, all right, well, that's pretty funny. Like, how can I make this maybe Bedard calling Celebrini or, you know what I mean? Like what's the, what's the, what's the mm-hmm. play? Maybe um, the spin coach Chippy is uh, calls Bedsy to be like, Hey, we got another guy on team style and flow. It's this, you know what I mean? I, the idea is just, you, they come to you, right? Like you got to think of them. You got to think. And that's the beauty of creation is like, yeah, you're, you're looking for it. You're letting it come to you. It's flowing and it's a way of life, baby. That's what it is. This podcast just went completely off sports. And I, I I'm not it. complaining, man. I mean, this has been one of the most insightful discussions we ever had on or off camera. Like, you know, we kind of just <laughs> went off a tangent about, I think world J's videos. And all of a sudden we're here on, like you said, philosophical letting stuff come to you, all this. So I love it. Yeah. We kind of, well, it's like both of us have been creating this year. And I think being able to share kind of our experiences creating, uh, will maybe inspire someone else or maybe gives other people some information that they may not know about, what this creator life looks like or maybe they want to get into it and i really want to help other people yeah like break into this space i think this is a growing space i think it allows people to do things they enjoy or like allows people to talk about things they enjoy allows people to create things around topics they like and i think oftentimes um you end up in these jobs that maybe you don't like, or it's not, you're not interested in it at all. And it can be very, what's it, what's the word depressing. I know I was working a depressing job. I absolutely hate it. And I was like, yo, this can't be life. Like this can't be why I'm here. And I was working at an accounting firm and I was like, yo, this isn't me. I hate this job. And I think that moment I was like, all right, I got to find something I actually really do like. And if I can turn something I enjoy into, uh, and and I can make a living from it, and I can put a roof over my head, like that would be like the best situation possible. And I was like, okay, I think that is something that I could do. So I changed my paradigm up. I was like, oh, I can do something I enjoy for a living. And I think you have to switch the way you think about things. Because if I said, oh no, I'm never going to be able to do that, I wouldn't have been able to do that. But I was like, no, what, like. I can do that. Like, what do I like? And then I kind of now have turned it into something um, that, yeah, I can, you know, put a roof over my head. And it's been really kind of a interesting past couple years in this space. Hasn't been easy, but um, you got to be consistent. You got to be disciplined, but it is a space that I want other people to know about and hopefully inspire them to, to make some cool stuff that they enjoy. That's awesome. I don't think there's a better way to end the podcast, but the year of 2023 with kind of this little reflection on this year and the starting of the journey of content creation and hopefully, you know, 
whoever's listening needs to hear this and is able to start their own content creation journey in 2024. So appreciate everyone uh, for watching. Appreciate everyone for listening. Appreciate Coach Chippy for coming in and the wisdom today, Coach. I mean, you were you talking about these books, the philosophical <laughs> I stuff. Know. I was I in this, what I was this saying. is the most. I've, <laughs> I mean, this is the most I've used my brain in about four days since vacation print started but i love it and i, I don't even know what i was saying listening. it was off the dome it was off the top of the dome it, it, i'm gonna go back and be like yo what did i even say on that but yeah it was obviously we'll, from we'll the do it we'll today. do a deep dive what's that <laughs> it was obviously from the soul today because we just kind of let her flow speaking yeah. from the soul we're flowing we're buzzing and we're going into 2024 with the same mindset so thank you all for watching listening subscribe for weekly episodes and we will see you next year. See Peace. you next year. Create baby every single day.